Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And in this episode, I have the good brothers from the Pits and Push podcast coming through. Gonna be fun. Talking a little NFL playoffs with them. And so this episode, since we're doing a a nice preview of what's going on in the action, there's not going to be a get off your chest segment. Just wanted to come through and talk a little bit before we got started, of course. And I want to encourage you to go like the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening at, go ahead and subscribe and like the podcast. And if you're listening on Spotify, rate the show five stars. I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can rate the show. Again, five stars is encouraged. And you can leave a review. Just, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And hopefully you enjoy this episode as much as I did with Pitts and Push. Again, we're going to take, we're talking about the NFL playoffs. We're talking about the Rams. Psych, we're not talking about the Rams. We know there's the defending Super Bowl champs, but they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I was checking to see if you were paying attention, but we are talking about the 49ers and the Seahawks, two other teams that did make it in that division, the Jaguars, the the Chargers, all those teams out there that are factoring in the playoffs and wildcard weekend. Should be fun. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and then when we come back, it'll be my conversation with Pitts and Bush. Do you feel the need? The need for speed? Yeah. I know, we're not living in Top Gun times. But if you have a middle or high school student looking to gain speed, or you are a collegiate or professional athlete that's wanting to get faster, then you need to check out Hulk Flash Performance, a partner of X3 Performance located at Boost Fit Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Middle schoolers, you can train up to two times a week for $200, and high schoolers, three times a week for $300. Now let me give you some facts about speed training. Speed training is a skill that grows like a tree, meaning you could see quick and dramatic improvements, but for the best results, those happen over long periods of time. Are you ready to commit to the process? If so, you can fill out the form at form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252 seven eight six zero five six again that is form.jotform.com backslash two one two seven two five two five two seven eight six zero five six and someone will contact you as soon as possible let's sit let's get you to top speed with hulk flash performance Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton, and the NFL playoffs are upon us. 
There's going to be some winners. There's going to be some losers. There's going to be some controversy. It always is. But talking about the playoffs and talking about a little bit more about them as well, I have two special guests with me. I have Mr. Terrence Pitts and I have Mr. Hen- is it Henry, Henry Hen- Lane. I can't, can't read my own writing over here. Great. Mm. But anyway, they they come together and make pits and push. And I definitely enjoyed listening to your, your episode you had with uh with uh now I'm, now I'm over here forgetting names because Hugh Jackson. So yes. I, I remember that. Yeah, that episode was a good episode. Definitely enjoyed it. And uh man, welcome to the show. Appreciate you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Now I wanna, you know, get and let everyone get to know both of you and you know where you're from what you do things like that so how did this whole podcast get started now i just want to let them know you're on season three episode nine was the last episode so season three episode i want to say 15 or 16 15 i missed one Ah, but that's all right i'm gonna catch up and we got two and we got two more lined up tomorrow oh man oh man y'all staying busy staying busy for sure and but we, how did y'all get started, man? So, so it's, it's crazy, right? You know how I'm pretty sure my me playing sports and you know me knowing push, um, sports is a passion of mine. You know, it's that one thing that I feel like I, I don't have to really study for because I know the intricacies when it comes to the game, regardless of what sport it is. Um, and it's something that I just love to talk about. So it became one of those, you know, how we have barbershop talk. We always talk in sports in the barbershop. You know, I felt like I had more to offer. So, you know, podcast at that time, we started in 2000. This is our third year, you know, and at that time, podcasts really weren't popping as or wasn't as popular. And it became something that I've been wanting to do. And, you know, push me and push are both from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and I ran into him. It's somebody I know I grew up with. I know his I know his football pedigree, you know, not to mention we got history on the gridiron playing against each other. You know, so it was like none other, no best person to go on business with it than push. So it's been it's been a beautiful it's been a beautiful thing since then, man. All right. Now push, go ahead, man. Well, absolutely, man. Uh like I said, he uh he came to me with the idea. And I thought about it for a while, and, and I was like, yo, man, I wouldn't mind doing this. I miss being out on the field. It, it kind of, like, gives you that itch back, like you're an athlete back out on that gridiron or back on that uh, court or whatever. Um, yeah, and we work well together, man. We from Pittsburgh, PA. He from Wilkesburg. I'm from the Hill. I used to beat up on him in Little League. I'll let <laughs> you know. tell you. I, I'll tell you I'm the best. He'll tell you another story, man. <laughs> With that, man, uh, Pits and Push, man, uh, we came together and, and made something genuine. And uh, we've been meeting a lot of uh, new people, a lot of new contacts, and we got some great things coming in store for uh, 2023. So, so Mike, if I could just come in and kind of chime in. So you asked the purpose, right? So the purpose of Pits and Push at first, as we said, was to talk sports, right? But, you know, when we talk about college sports, you know, we both have a love for it, but HBCUs in particular, that's where we talk all sports, you know, but we really have been playing a close eye to HBCUs. Uh, we cover daily um, Bowie State University. Uh, we cover all, most of their athletics. We've been out, covered, did coverage on them for it. Uh, we've had coverage with Morgan State coach uh, Damon Wilson 
as you stated earlier, we've had conversations with Coach Hugh Jackson at Grambling. And we've also had uh, conversations and interviews with Coach Bernard Clark Jr. at Robert Morris University. Um, and just recently, as of last week, we actually now, and we'll go ahead and announce it on your show first, you know, we became full partnerships with the CIAA. So now we are a part of their media production. So, you know, we have an event coming up next Tuesday that's going to be, you know, we get to be out there with the mayor of Baltimore. So it's big things coming down the pipeline. We expect a very great 2023 and beyond. But just wanted to kind of highlight those those areas that the people may not know of. Absolutely, man. We like three years in, 30 podcasts, 30 podcasts in. Like you said, we interviewed Hugh Jackson, you know, Damon Wilson, things like that. We also created the top um, where we uh, had panelists and uh, where we underlined the issues of HBCUs. We also started the Piss and Push uh, Sports Talk Trivia, where we do interactive things with the student athletes and the athletes and the coaches, uh, where we we give them fun trivia games and uh, we hook it up for them and everybody gets a good laugh. And then also we created our, um, Bulldogs Total Access this year with the Bowie State football team. And lastly, and most importantly, man, we got the give back last year at the Pits and Push, uh, Pits and Push It Back giveaway. First, our first annual back to school giveaway, man. So uh, we've been doing a lot of good things, man. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of good things coming in store for 2023. Yeah, I was definitely going to talk about it. I see you all a lot, and I look up, man, and I see your feed, and I see your stories and everything, and I'm like, man, they must be – man, they must be there all the time. They must live at Boy State. Good gracious. <laughs> you know, you look up and see all the footage, and I'm like, hey, I enjoy watching it, enjoy seeing it, and I was definitely going to talk about, you know, a little bit more about the love for HBCUs, which, you know, a lot of times when it comes to media and things like that, a lot of media don't go to HBCUs. They try to go to the bigger schools – and it's, it's very refreshing to see, you know, media going to HBCUs, giving HBCUs love and putting them in the spotlight, which is great and excellent. Um, and, I, and, I, and I want to salute both of you for doing that. We appreciate Thank you. man. Thank you, Nardin. Now, I do want to also mention, of course, there is this other pro football that I want to talk to you all about, too. <laughs> now, unfortunately... The Pittsburgh Steelers are not there. I'm not going to dwell dwell on that one. I already know you already know they did have they do have a winning record every single year with Mike Tomlin. So those folks are calling for Mike Tomlin to be fired. Stop it! Stop oh, it! Stop I'm, it! I'm tired of it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just it ain't it ain't Tomlin. It ain't Tomlin, man. So we right. knows who it is, but we won't do nothing about it. So I mean, until we do something about Canada. You know, yeah, and, and folks that don't know that's that's not Canada the country, that's Matt Canada the offensive coordinator. So. Well, listen, the way he <laughs> called plays, you would think we was in Canada, like it's just awful. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting from time to time. You know, you kind of you know use Najee Harris. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how they don't know how to use Najee Harris yet, but so, you know, so, so I think that I think the thing with Najee was, you know, remember Najee was hurt coming off the end of last year. You know, he had that Lisphrenic fracture in his foot. You know, first day of training camp, he re-injured it. He didn't get surgery in the offseason, so he just trained. He, injured, he re-injured it again in the first day of training camp, so he wasn't right. He didn't, I don't think he was 100% probably until week seven or eight, and that's when you started to really see him take off, meaning that he was his 
physical self. You know, he wasn't tentative. He wasn't apprehensive about hitting a hole. He would just get in and go. Before beginning of the season, he was shifty. You know, he he really wasn't. He didn't have that full throttle to where now. You know, towards the end of the season, you see him going back to either hurdling or he's throwing a stiff form to get you up off him. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like Najee. The last maybe four games of the season, man, like he turned his game completely around for the year for me as far as how he was running and getting behind his pads and getting downhill. I mean, I don't know if y'all noticed it, but I noticed it. I don't know if that's because Jalen Warren getting more carries for us or whatever is putting that that battery back in uh, Najee's back. But uh, I, I feel like the last three or four weeks, man, he was running with tenacity again. Yeah. Yeah, I give him that. He, he looked like he was back in Alabama just a slight bit. But, hey, I give him that. I definitely will. Now, a team that uh, is in that division, or I should say two teams that are in that division, will be meeting each other this weekend. Absolutely. And that would be the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this isn't – I can't even say this is your uncles, your, your aunts, Bengals, or, or, or anything like that. It isn't your uncles or your aunts. Baltimore Ravens either because they're walking wounded, especially right. with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not playing in this game, so he'll be sitting out. And then Tyler Huntley's not, not even. They're not even sure he's going to even play. So hold up, Lamar's know, walking out. wounded. Lamar's out. Lamar is out. What I know? Yeah. Wow. He, was, he said his knee is still unstable. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. That changed my pick then. So, but you, but you gotta look at it, right? I think I think on, on Lamar's case, I think Lamar has proven his case to the Baltimore Ravens, though, if you think about it, because they they felt that they had a quarterback behind Lamar and Huntley, not taking anything away from Huntley, but they felt that he can come in and give that same spark that Lamar did. I think it proved wrong. Um, I think you so you see that the offense doesn't have the same. Um, the same energy. They don't have the same um, opportunistic ways and plays to make things happen. Um, you don't you don't see teams watching the box to make sure Lamar, aka Huntley, doesn't get outside. Now Huntley can beat you with his feet if he if he wants to. However, he's not a threat to a defense in that regard. They're not they're not overly afraid of him um, attacking them with his feet. So they're going to make him beat him with his arm and. I don't think we've seen him done that in a in a way that I would say challenges the Cincinnati Bengals Cincinnati Bengals defense to make them feel that the Ravens have a chance. Now I'm not counting the Ravens out because it's the Baltimore Ravens. We all know division play is, is different, but we'll see. Definitely, definitely. Now you, you have you had time to get your thoughts together while you, while you kind of uh, you know wrapped your mind around Lamar Jackson not playing in this game. Um, I mean, that changes everything, man. I mean, that, <laughs> that whole offense is designed for, let's keep it real, Lamar Jackson. They designed that offense and everything they do is because what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. Let's be clear. It's not Huntley. That's behind him. It's not nobody else. They're bringing in those pieces because of who, who what, what Lamar Jackson is and what he brings to the table as an athlete. That is, he is a one generational player one time you don't get them every every time you don't get them every every time right. you know what i'm saying like so um 
for me, that changes the game, man. And I feel like that quarterback position play in the playoffs is 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 just it has to be immaculate, right? And, and right, they got the young stud. So know, light it up. To to kind of count off of what Push said, I don't I don't think Huntley has to be immaculate. I think J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards have that running game has to be established early. That's what I'm right? saying. With the yeah. offensive line yeah. to make the defense at least play a little bit more um, back. You know, mm-hmm. you just can't have them at the line of scrimmage. So, honestly, you know, with, if, if the running game can run like we've seen them run at times this year, you know, they've been sporadic. Um, but if the running game can get going and allow – you know, some splash plays by Huntley, then I think I think Baltimore has a shot because, you know, their defense and their special teams is electric, you know, and their defense can put up points. It's all about, for me, it's all about what the Ravens do on the offensive side. Um, will they hurt Will they hurt the team or not? With, you know, situational football. Um, will they third down conversions? Um, we're in the red zone. You know, what is their percentage? Uh, their play selection, you know, is it more run than pass? Is it more pass than run? But then at the same time, there's special teams as well, you know, punting the ball, field position, situational football, you know, good punting, good kicking. You know, it, it, I think it, I think Baltimore has to have like a total package of, of play, but the offense can't put the defense and special teams in bad situational football. You, you think that without this? I'll say this. Lamar playing? What's that? I was asking y'all, y'all think that's going to happen without Lamar playing? The offense. They have to play They have to play a very clean game for them to win this game. No turnovers. The running game has to work. Mark Andrews has to be Mark Andrews instead of just a big white guy that can run. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has to be special, in other words, everyone. Um, and then – you know, it just they just have to have some things happening, and Roquan Smith has to be the alpha of that defense the entire game. If that happens, then the Ravens have a chance. If not, not going to happen. But I, I will say this: you said Gus Edwards, but you know, a friend of mine that I that I know that talks sports with, Mister uh, Mister Jenkins. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave him at that. He likes to talk about Gus Edwards all the time, and I, I pick with him all the time. I was like, oh, Gus is gonna have a great game this game because he he always talks about. Gus being the key to the team, which I have no idea how he comes up with that. But anyway, um, J.K. Dobbins is going to be the key to this team, not Gus Edwards to me. But I think Gus Edwards needs to come in and be, at least be able to spell him and keep the trains moving so that way J.K. can go back in and kind of keep it going. Yeah, work as, as a team, but he's got to be more the spell guy than the actual main guy. If he's the starting role, he's in the starting role, and he's actually doing better than J.K. Dobbins, yeah, I, I, I don't – I think the season is over for for the Baltimore Ravens at that point. But you, but you, but I, I think one of the things that the Jenkins gentleman is referring to, though, if you go back two or three years, remember before Gus Edwards got hurt, it was a three way hit and monster. It was Lamar Jackson, it was Gus Edwards, and it was J.K. Dobbins. The running backs were averaging, I think that that year before they all got hurt, you know, they each had about 800 yards rushing. So he's shown that he can carry and he can make those plays. He may not be the fastest, but if he get outside the box and he get past the linebackers, he can make some things shake. So, and remember, Gus is coming back from an injury, right? Just like J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins, Gus took a little longer. So I think Gus is still getting his leg just 
like we talked about Najee Harris, I think is is Gus getting his legs back, getting his legs back under him. And you know, if 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 Gus can spell J.K. Dobbins or if they can be a two-way hitting monster, you know, they that could pr- prove and provide to be dangerous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can't stay here all night on the, on the Baltimore and uh, Cincinnati because, you know, neither one of these teams could potentially be in the Super Bowl, even though I'd say Cincinnati could make that run potentially again. They are talented enough with T. Higgins on one side and Jamar Chase on the other and Hayden Hurst at the tight end, which nobody really talks about. But, Don't forget Tyler Boyd. No, no, I can't forget him. That's Mr. Consistent. That's 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 uh him, him and uh him and Jawan Jennings are pretty similar to me. Jawan Jennings from the 49ers. Yes, they, all their catches are first downs. That's what yes. always it always is with both of them. Um going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to. Well, let me tell you about peace of mind counseling and life coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. But... You know, I do have to travel to talk about the Buffalo Bills, which, you know, the Buffalo Bills had a traumatic event happen uh, when their teammate, DeMar Hamlin, uh, I mean, basically he died twice on the field. Yeah, I'm just going to put it in layman's terms because people talk about CPR and don't understand that when someone is given CPR, that means they are dead and get brought back. So, you know, thank God that DeMar Hamlin is, is, is doing well and got released from the hospital. But, you know, mentally that does play with you a little bit, of course, especially with the Buffalo Bills with this past game. Of course, you know, they did play. They did have some splash plays, but for the most part, it was an emotional high and then a low for most of the game and then kind of another high. So, you know, with that being said, the Buffalo Bills take on the Miami Dolphins minus Tua minus potentially Raheem Mostert, who broke his thumb in the in the season finale. So with that being said and all the things that the Buffalo Bills have gone through, all the emotional swings that they have gone through, does this give Miami even the inkling of a chance to win this game? I'll let Puss go first. Um, (laughs) You know, without without Tua, I don't think they they have a chance, right? Now, stack on what happened to the team and, you know, the young man, God bless his soul that he's okay. Um, I feel like some type of divine intervention is going on here, you know, right? Um, I, I think the Buffalo Bills will be too strong. Josh Allen and them guys. Um, uh, it, Skylar Thompson, y'all think Skylar Thompson can hold it down for Tua? No. 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 <laughs> not, a, not a little bit. 
I, I mean, uh, I feel like I feel like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs connection going to be too much for um for the Dolphins, and I feel like the um the Dolphins offense really ain't going to move like that without two in there. Um, so my thoughts on this is 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 clear. Um, even with the healthy Tua, I don't have the Dolphins beating Buffalo Bills. Um, and here's why. Better. This, this this is why. So, um, do I think that? Do I think Miami has a good defense? I do. Um, for me, the Miami Dolphins' offense have been inconsistent even with Tua. Remember, they went on five games, five loss, three games, three loss. So they've been very inconsistent offensively. However, when it comes to Buffalo, to me, the the, the player that stands out that I feel would dominate this game more will be Gabe Davis. Um, I don't feel Gabe gets that intention or the notoriety that he deserves. Um, when you look at Josh Allen, and remember, they're home, you know, so they have home field on it uh, to their advantage. But I don't, even without a healthy Vaughn Miller, I just don't see, if we're talking about the same Skylar Thompson that we just watched play against the Jets, if, if that is the same quarterback that shows up this week, the game should really be a blowout at halftime. Because Skyler, Skyler missed so many opportunities. Okay, it was his first start. It was his first game. You know, you got to get those jitters, those nerves out. But you talk about playoff football, that's taking it up a notch. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that, that pregame, that practice game, regular season game to mm -hmm. get another web out to out your box. No, you, you have to come and you got to play now since you, you've already put on tape what you put on tape. So now – you got to take it three steps higher. I don't, I don't. I don't think he he has that in him. I, I think this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, uh, it it could get it could get Bubba Sparks ugly up in there. It could. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Something to say, push. I'm sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, man. No, I was I was I said absolutely to what you said. It, it, it might get ugly out there, man. Without 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 two out there, man. And you ain't got your starting running back either. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um he don't move oh. far at all. Can um, I, I will can say I, this? Jeff Wilson is solid though as a backup, though. I will say that. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Who's a, who's a, so who's a backup? Say it again. Jeff Wilson Jr. They traded for him from the 49ers. Oh, so basically you have two you have two former 49ers running backs actually in that backfield. Yeah. Don't matter. But uh and then also I will say though, uh uh Tyreek uh Tyreek Hill is hobbled as well with a foot injury. Right. So he, was hurt he is he's playing, but he'll be out there. But the thing I look at is it's gonna take the Baltimore, Baltimore, good gracious. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins defense, you know, is gonna have to have one heck of a game in this game to me. And they for them to stay in this one. And they can, you know, Christian Wilkins mm -hmm. on the front line, Xavier Howard on the deep on the uh cornerback. They they can, but they can't do it. For a sixty-minute game and get nothing from the offense, that that that's not going to happen. That's where it's going to hurt them at. They're going to mm -hmm. get out, man. And they rank twenty-fourth in total defense, and they're going to be out there for a long time in the playoffs. In so, the yeah, thirty degrees, thirty degrees is probably going to be game time temperature. And, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, thirty degrees here in Maryland is completely then completely different than 30 degrees in Buffalo or Pittsburgh. It's a completely different element. Your 30 ain't my 30. So we're talking right. about cold. 
We're talking about wind chill factors probably within the single digits or low teens. Not even talking about a wind chill fact. I mean, uh, the wind. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be a landslide. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would like to say it would, but, you know, the playoffs, strange things happen in the playoffs. To me, I mean, we, so. we thought that for the <laughs> national championship and Georgia beat up TCU 65-7. Yeah, one, yeah. One, of, one of these road teams is going to win. I don't know who it's going to be, but I'll, Tampa. Tampa. I'll say this. No, no, no. Tampa's at home. I mean, I'm going to say, right, Dallas. I'm going to say Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. I got you. But what I'll say is this, um, you know, you, you bringing up that um Georgia and TCU game, man. Um, uh, uh, I don't I don't I don't appreciate you bringing up uh triggering events for this for the city of Waco, Texas, man. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they you know, you know, they you're gonna trigger them talking about that game, man. <laughs> you know, they, they see they see that guy running for that last touchdown, man. It just sent them in the shock, man. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help I, it. I couldn't. Help I mean, you had so many wide open receivers. I mean, that was crazy, man. That was a crazy game, bro. Yeah, I was. I was. I was listening to uh, L. Duncan talk about it on uh, the Bawani Jones show, and she was like, you know, they're not a quick scoring offense, but they, but Georgia was scoring quick, and she knew right then and there it was over at that point. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I did want to make one plug though, um, and this mm-hmm. is just for all sports audiences and fans, you know. We, we believe in giving flowers, you know, to people when they're alive, right? And I think the situation that happened with DeMar Hamlin was a clear example of, of what that means for me um, personally, was that he had, a fun, he had a charity, Chasing Millions, Chasing M's, and I think he was only trying to raise 2500 right? And mm-hmm. when that situation happened, it blew up to now, I think it's like at $8 million, which is great. But I think that we should give these flowers to these players while they're living. You know, we shouldn't have to wait for something traumatic to happen to them, you know, to then feel that empathy or that sympathy with them. Um, You know, they do a lot of great deeds. So if there's a charity out there that, you know, that somebody has that that you can identify with, support it now. You know, don't wait until something happens to that individual to now want to get on board. That's all I wanted to say about that, man. I hear you there. I hear you there. And I, I definitely agree, man. You got to live in the moment instead of living in the actual moment that happened. Yes. As I would say. Yeah. Um, definitely want to want to move on to the next game. The next game, of course, is going to be the first game of the playoffs, I believe. And that would be the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Seattle Seahawks, which this is the third time these teams will be playing each other this year. And it'll be the second time that Brock Purdy will be starting against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Brock Purdy has been, you know, living the charmed life. He's got Debo Samuel on one side. He's got Brandy Ayuk on the other. He's got a Christian McCaffrey tailback, George Kittle at tight end. He's got uh, Kyle Juszczyk as his as his, as his fullback slash tight end slash uh, what wide receiver sometimes he runs out runs routes out of the backfield oh and you got um it is you got Trent, every, Trent Williams Trent Williams yes. on the offensive line yeah it's just it, it's it's an embarrassment of riches they know what it is um but then again they always say it's tough to beat a team for a third time 
And remember, the 49ers have beat them both times this season. And Gino, he still ain't wrote back yet. So do you think it is a possible possibility that Gino and the Seahawks can put up enough offense against this high-powered San Francisco defense? And then, of course, can their defense slow down all these weapons on offense? Do you think there's possible that the 49ers and Seahawks could really have a game go down to the wire on Saturday afternoon? I I believe it's possible. I don't believe they're going to go down to the wire. I believe it's possible for Seattle to put up a good fight. Um, I don't see Seattle prevailing. I don't see them winning this game. But I do, I do expect and see them putting up a fight. Okay. I, th- I think it'll be it'll be a good game. I think eventually the 49ers will, will pull away at, towards the end of the game. But I feel like um Seattle's offensive young offensive line, man, is 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 where the game is gonna be won or lost at. And then we got, you know, we got Nick Bosa over there, you know, so uh they're gonna have to be battling with him all game. But I feel like that game is gonna be one in the trenches. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like McCaffrey and those guys are, are just going to be way too – they got way too much firepower. Debo's back. If he gets going early, it could, it, could, it could be ugly. I mean, just think about it, right? You named all of those players on the offensive side for uh, San Francisco, right? Now, when you look on the defensive side, they're just as equally as star-studded, right? Green. Greenlaw, at linebacker, Warner, um, Bosa, Ward. I mean, the, and then the, uh, the young safety, like – I mean, you can say the same thing for both sides of the ball for San Fran. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, all Madden team, right? That you that you <laughs> that you put together and you you create your own team and you put them on night. You put all your players on ninety nine, and then you invite a friend over and you had them play with a regular team and they don't know your team is all ninety nines. That's what I that's what I equivalent this game to be. Got you. Now I will say this. Um... I like to call it a safety who, you know, really doesn't aren't aware. He does train with, uh, he does train with a, a certain former USC all American safety. Pretty sure people know who that is played for Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, the great 43, Troy Palomalu. Yeah. So he trains with him. So that's why he kind of mimics him. I will say, I think he has better ball skills than, than, than Troy had in terms of like picking off passes and things uh, like that. I think he has better better sense of timing there in that, that aspect. Mm, he may. Troy, Troy. I'm biased. I'm, I'm yeah, I, biased. I know. I know it. <laughs> it's Troy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Troy Troy changed the game. What what safety, you know, coming to the line of scrimmage and he jumping over at the snap <laughs> to stop you from getting a touchdown? You know, that's it's Troy. He's different. He's built yeah. different. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, I understand yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, he definitely built different, but uh, I like to call that guy Mr. T. That's what I call him. <laughs> I like the, the guy for the 49ers. I call him Mr. T because he always makes a play and he does this all the time. So, you know, I call him Mr. T. But yeah, yeah that'll be an interesting game for a little bit, you know. But I'm just I'm just happy for Gino. Gino's looking at potential extension this offseason. I mean, no one thought he was gonna have better numbers than Russell Wilson this year, especially with the weapons. That, that Russell Wilson had in, in Denver, but of course, you know, he, he did have a coach that um you know had to hire a time management guy after like the second game, the first game. You, so I oh do you, think, <laughs> do you think that 
do think that Denver Broncos had their specialists were better than Seattle's? I'll say this. Um, if Tim Patrick's playing, they're deeper at wide receiver by far than yeah. the than the than the uh Denver Broncos than the uh Seattle Seahawks were. But right. um I'd say the tight end actually performed better for the once he was healthy, the rookie tight end performed better than Noah Fant did, to be honest. And Fant had a lot of expectation. Yeah, and it just it to me they had a, a more of a allotment of weapons. And then, you know, when the tailback started going down and then Melvin Gordon couldn't hold on to the football, you know, all those different things. So when that happened, I was like, yeah, the wheels on the bus are falling off right now. <laughs> Daniel Hackett has no idea how to put them back on. You know, no. when you're, you know, when you're, you know, when you're a kid, you know, or when you're growing up, you know, your dad or whoever teach you how to, you know, put the donut on the car. If the, if the tire, you know, tire go flat. But Daniel Hackett didn't know how to do that. So that's where you got it with the with the Denver Broncos. They didn't have a spare. Well, if they did, they blew that one too. But uh <laughs> but uh for those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know graphics for my podcast, you can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image and you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality. You can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423 423- Five five seven six seven four six. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography, or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did, and he's got me looking great. Moving on to the next game, we got the Chargers and the Jaguars, Saturday night football. Now, for those that don't remember, the Jaguars beat the Titans on national TV, and they had all that teal, and they had all those flags waving around. <laughs> what, did I, what did I tell you, Mr. Patton? <laughs> yeah, I told you. I, I, yeah, you did. I would say <laughs> this. Um, I would say this. That defense has progressively gotten better over the season, so I, I got to give them their, their props on that one. Um, and, you know, a Tennessee team that never was able to get any kind of rhythm offensively for majority of the season. And then defensively, I mean, they played hard and they kept them in the game and just couldn't – they couldn't carry them to a win, which is what it is. But we're not going to talk about Tennessee this episode. We're going to switch it back to Jacksonville. <laughs> um, and they're facing the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, I used to call them the San, San Diego Super Chargers, but I just call them Charged Up in L.A. Um, but to me, they will be without Mike Williams with a back injury. Oh, he's out. He will be out of this game with a back injury. A and a lot of people are blaming Coach Staley for this one because he was in the game. So to be, I'm going to ask you, the Jaguars have momentum. They, they're they going five straight. They have momentum. They have talented players on offense, young players, I should say, at that. They have uh, – was it like Bruce Leroy at wide receiver, which that's that's uh, Zay Jones, for those that don't know. Look at his picture on the day he signed down there. You'll know why I call him Bruce Leroy. 
But um, you have him, and then you have uh, Christian Kirk, and then you have, of course, Evan Ingram, who had a season that most Giants fans are like, well, why couldn't you do that here? But right. um, And then on defense, they have some young guys that are there to get some things done, as well as uh, Cisco with uh, safety and, and Tyson Campbell at uh, defensive back. So I'm just painting the picture of the, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars team. If they're able to win this game, and the Chargers have to fly back all the way across the country with that L. Do you all think this could be the end of the Staley era for the Los Angeles Chargers? Wow. As a coach. Yeah. Um, I would say no this year, but hot seat next year. I would say hot seat. Okay. Uh, hot seat. Um, no, this year, but hot seat next year. You know, do you know his uh, record the past three years, Kabat, or two years? I don't, I'll say this I don't have his record, but I do see these crazy fourth down chances he takes every and, single week, and, and that it drives me crazy. But <laughs> and that's what I was going to say it depends on Kronos, the owner, right? Because he gambles a lot, which is what you're referring to. He get and sometimes he gambles when he don't need to gamble. Sometimes right. he just need to let the game play in itself. And I don't but I think he gambles. I mean, listen, when you have um the defensive line that you have, you know, I think he 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 has that much confidence in his defense. Do I think it's a good idea? No. Um sometimes yes, but I think it's when he does it. Now, if the result of this game comes down to him going for a fourth down early in the game when we're talking about a matter of a point. Um, if he goes for a fourth down early in the game and it cost him the game, I can see I can see some things shaking. But um, I don't I don't think they'll fire him just yet. If anything, he'll be on the hot seat because they'll say, "Look at the success he had." Justin Herbert came in last year as a rookie. He did what he did. He came back this year and he's still playing like he so. You know, he, he has some good things working in his his way, but you also got to remember that they did stack that team up for them to win. You're talking about Duran James at safety. You know, you're talking about Khalil Mack and um and uh, the D lineman. Um, Bosa. Bosa. The yeah, other Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Yeah. Right. You know, the quiet so, one. <laughs> so so they, they built this team to win now. They paid for this team to win now. Um, so, but I don't think they'll have that issue this week. I, I think they're going to beat Jacksonville. Um, are you taking the dog? Okay. I mean, you're taking the charges. Okay. Yeah. I, and and I, 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 I'll go after you, but I'll tell you why I'm going to take the charges. So tell, tell us push why you, why you think Jacksonville. I mean, uh, for me, it's going to, it's going to come down to the running game, man. Uh, the chargers run defense stinks, bro, this year, man. And I feel like Travis Etienne going to eat them up this game. I feel like that's where it's going to be one at, in the trenches uh, against uh, ETN, against the uh, linebackers of the Chargers. So, so so you're taking ETN versus Khalil Macombosa versus Austin Eckler against Josh Allen and them boys? Them is names, man. We go, we play, we play on Sundays, man. That's why we play the game. Oh, let me let me give you a little bit more of a tidbit in the one of this game, too. You remember Cam Robinson was their starting offensive tackle, right? Right. He was a starting offensive tackle for them when they went out there to play them in Los Angeles. He's out this game. He's out for the rest of the year. 
Walker Little is stepping in at that position. He's been in that position for a few games now. So that's something to watch for, too, because he's going to either see Bosa or Mack. And I don't know if he's seen anybody of that capability since he's been in there. Probably not. Even with with Cam Robinson in the game, I'm still choosing the Chargers. (laughs) I I just – and they right in the five game win streak, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw yeah. that. So I would say this about Jacksonville, because you know, Mike, me and you had some sidebars about about Jacksonville, <laughs> you know, and I and I told you then, like, you know, Jacksonville's just they're just different because they scrap, right? They're a young mm-hmm. team and they scrap, and they're constantly in battle. If the game is within range, oh, then they have the possibility to prevail, you know, but when it comes to, I don't take nothing away from Trevor Lawrence or ATN, you know, or any of those guys or Josh Allen on the defensive side for Jacksonville. Um, I think what Peterson is doing is a great job. Right. But I think they have a couple more pieces that they need. Um, I think they're going to be a great team in the next couple of years. If they keep the trajectory can, is pointing up. I'll say that. Um, but when it comes to the charges, I just, I just look at the the matchup, not the team, the matchup. And I just think that the matchup favors the Chargers in regards to strengths versus weaknesses. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, he he's a fighter. And he's a he's a damn good one. Like Williams is out. But okay, nope. but you still I'll, I'll, but you but you still have um Josh Palmer. You still have Palmer, you Keenan still have Keenan Allen. Allen. I mean, yeah, yeah, Gerald, yeah, Gerald, they're really tight in. They, they loaded that receiver for real, but I'm saying, I mean, they still got Keenan Allen, but mm-hmm. uh, Mike Austin Eckler is your dog. Eckler, I mean, Eckler leading the league in catches, bro. Yeah. But, but quite as it's kept, running back, quite as it's kept. Yeah, yeah. quite as it's kept, though. Here, so okay, quite as it's kept. I'll say that uh, Josh Palmer had a sneaky good season this year, and he could do some damage, especially on the second corner, which if you all have been paying attention to anything Jacksonville, Mr. Griffin that used to be out there in their number one corner, you know, he ain't been seen in about mm, about three, four months now. So he's the, you know, that that second corner position, and Tyson Campbell locked up in number one position. He already knows he's the number one. But the other guys – they got they're gonna have a time on their hand dealing with Josh Palmer over there. I, I will say that. I, I just think it's gonna be a good week in the football. I really do. Oh yeah, of course. I except hope so. for, except except for that that uh that Buffalo and Miami game. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I don't know if the Baltimore and uh, if you're looking for pretty, I don't know if the Baltimore and Bengal uh, Baltimore and uh, Cincinnati games gonna be pretty either. But that's gonna be a no. dog fight. Dog yeah, fight. It, it is. But you know, speaking of not pretty. Speaking of not pretty, the New York Giants don't play the prettiest brand of football. Now, and the thing is, here's it, and I'm getting there. But what I'll say this is about the New York Giants, I call them Saquon and the Pips. That's what I call them. (laughs) But, you know, so Saquon and the Pips are traveling to Minnesota to take on Kirk third cousins. He's third cousins when he's great. He's first cousins when he's good. So they're taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I can't take credit for that. I had to shout out to my boy Tyree. Say what? Say it again. He came up with that. So, um, but yeah, they they definitely you know they, they only won by a sixty one yard field goal last time the Minnesota Vikings did. 
against Saquon and the Pips. Now, can they come in there, the Saquon and the Pips, and go on ahead and, uh, you know, send them on that midnight train, not to Georgia, but to the, the ends of uh, their playoff run? You want me to go, go? You want to go first? You want me to go, go first? Go ahead, push. Um, like a, a, a pitch will tell you, uh, Saquon is my guy, man. That's 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 one of my favorite backs in the league right now. Um, but I'm gonna have to go against my guy. This I, I just feel like um, Kirk Cousin. I think we're gonna see the good Kirk Cousins this game. You know, well, I got something for that when you say that. But I, go ahead. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Because some sometimes you get the swaggy Kirk Cousins. You like that? And then <laughs> other times you might get the four interception, three interception, Kirk Cousins. So I like um they got a lot of momentum going into the playoffs. Kirk Cousins gonna be on his game. Um, I feel like if they could get that running game going with Dalvin Cook, get him downhill or some outside lead plays, maybe they could break something, man. But um I, I you know the Giants defense been balling too the past this year uh it's tough man but i'm gonna just go with i'm gonna just go with cousins man i'm gonna just go with the quarterback play again but i feel like daniel, daniel jones been balling this year too over what 3200 yards uh over 15 touchdowns something like that but um i'm gonna go with kirk cousins man i'm gonna go with the veteran hey, funny thing though just where you get started uh pitts i'll say that i actually interviewed daniel jones the the the, the weekend he got drafted actually he, wow. the draft was in nashville I got to talk to him. Got to talk to Josh Allen and the Jaguars as well, but that's, that's that uh, that was interesting talking to him. It just you just didn't get the vibes of him being the actual starting quarterback for me. It just he gave like the I'm a, I'm a simple man. I I I hang out. I take long walks and I go <laughs> home. That's the kind of vibes you got from him. He didn't get anything like well I'm the guy starting quarterback. But I will tell you. You, you pick in Kirk Cousins, but one thing you, you got to think about, you know, remember when Gremlins, you know, they hit water and, you know, they turn into whatever. When yeah. Kirk Cousins hit prime time, he turned into uh, to third cousins, you know, just like them Gremlins turn into something else when they that water hits them. So you you might I don't know about, about trusting in Kirk like that. So, I don't but, trust you know, him. Hey. I'm just saying, I feel like we're going to get the swaggy one. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I feel like you're going to have a good game. You know, All right. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I I'm I'm going for the the Vikings as well, um, just because I don't think I've seen enough from New York this year to say. Even though they did put up a good fight earlier, um, they've shown that they can beat them. They can be on the same field with them. Um, but I think Justin Jefferson. You know, you know, if Justin Jefferson can take over the game like he's been doing. Um, then I think it's hard, you know, but Saquon has been showing that he's back. You know, Mike, Saquon remind me when I used to run pushing his teammates over when we was playing. <laughs> it, remind, it remind me when I used to run them Hellboys over. <laughs> nah, but I don't, uh. trust, I don't trust Kirk Cousins either. And that's the, that's the issue because – We've seen Minnesota, they played the Indianapolis Colts on Thanksgiving, I think, right? And 33-nothing 30 had 30, 33-7 third quarter for them to have to come back. Um, this ain't Indianapolis Colts. 
So they can't go. They can't get down behind that big and expect to come back against the New York Giants. Right. That you're you're thinking along the same lines I'm thinking, and it just to me, you know, it's kind of like here. Here's what I akin the the Minnesota Vikings to, and I've said this on my show before. So if anyone's ever heard this, you, you you've heard this before, and I'm, and I'm going there again. You remember the movie? I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> you remember where he's like? You remember when he's like in there? You know, Keenan Irwin sees this pretty woman across the room. And he talks to her and they end up going back to her place. And he says, well, I have a secret. I don't have this, this, and this. And she's like, oh, well, I don't have this. And these eyes are really not this color. And this isn't me. And this isn't me. She starts taking off body parts and takes off her right. foot, And she's a whole different person. <laughs> this is the thing with the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings look pretty with the record, but they're not really pretty on the field. So I kind of, <laughs> they, they remind me of that woman and I'm going to get you sucker all the time. That's how I look what? at them. They won a total of six or seven games this year by a total of one point. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, but they remind me of them all the time, and I, I, I just, you know, that's that is my thing with them, and then and eventually it's going to come back and get them, and you know, of course, the the opposing team is going to be running away like he never wins did in that scene. So, nah, <laughs> they, but I don't trust in Kirk, and Kirk, we don't trust. Yeah, right. I, right. I just. Have a, a decent game, man. Uh, like I said, I, I I just don't see enough for the Giants, man. They don't have enough firepower, especially with them having Justin Jefferson. Even uh the tight end, the tight end been balling this year for them. Hawkinson, Hawkinson, I don't know if his name. Yeah, they, over uh over nine hundred yards, over over uh five touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. he, he eating it up in the red zone for him too as well. So I mean, and don't forget, Mister, don't forget. You know Adam Thielen. Oh, absolutely, Mister Reliable. Yeah. Well. Yep. Also, also another name that just came back for the Minnesota Vikings, who was their original starting tight end for this year, and that's Irv Smith Jr. He's back on the team too. So oh, wow. he's back and playing. So um, I will. We're going to end this one with, of course, the matchup of Captain America for some versus America's team. That would be <laughs> Tom Brady versus the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I said Tom Brady versus Dallas Cowboys. I didn't say Tampa Bay. But um, he had a bunch of completions this year. Of course, he's had a completion record for himself, I guess, and for Tampa or whoever. But, you know, he's 45 years old, and he's probably going to be sponsored by, uh, you know, ginseng and all those different things, <laughs> AARP next year. Uh, but, you know, at this point, you know, you, you can't really count out that man, old man Brady. It's almost like uh, old man Wolverine. You know, eventually he's gonna break down, but you know he's he just hasn't broke down yet. Um, and of course he's going against a Dallas team that you know you have Trayvon Diggs out there, which Trayvon Diggs versus Mike Williams is Mike Mike Williams Mike Evans is going to be really really nice matchup. However, I expect the Tampa Bay Bucks to run the football on them because if playoff Lenny shows up. That changes the trajectory of that entire game. And I think Tampa Bay is going to have something for Dallas, and Dallas might be going home after the first round. And I'm pretty sure Dallas fans are like, nah, man, we're playing the eight and nine bucks. They ain't been nothing all year. But, hey, when the bright lights come on and it's want to go home, you saw the things that Brady did. You saw the things that Mike Evans did. And you saw just what that team did as a whole, and they're still capable defensively with, of course, Devin White and Lamonte David in the, in the uh, linebacker core. This is this is what I've learned, man. When it when it comes to football, 
and Tom Brady in playoffs. Don't count that man out, man. I mean, he he he's ageless, man, especially as a Stiller mm-hmm. fan. He's done it to us countless of years. I've watched him do it. There's something about Tom Brady when he gets in the playoffs. He he, he like transformed, man. What's what's that cartoon, man, where he where he uh goes super his hair get blonde, super uh Dragon Ball Z? He, yeah, there you Tom, go. Tom Brady going that mode, uh, man, and and and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's uh it's amazing to watch, man, when you're witnessing witnessing greatness. But I think it's going to be a close game. Um, like you said, if 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 they could run the ball with 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 uh, Fournette, uh, then again, uh, the 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 line of the uh, Buccaneers have been kind of shaky the past couple games. So if Michael Parsons and them young guys could uh, get in there and create some pressure, man, we all know Brady don't like pressure. Um, that could change the dynamics of the game. I am biased again in this <laughs> game. As stated earlier, I'm going with Dallas. Um, I'm biased because I'm picking the game to come down on special teams. Um, shout out to CJ Goodwin, cousin. I expect the special teams of the Dallas Cowboys um, to, to to just ball out. So I'm biased. I got to root for the family, you know. So um, even though I'm not a Dallas fan. You know, I, I root, you know, I go back and forth with Dallas fans. You know, 1995, 96 was a long time to pay off for a Super Bowl. You know, and you only had three or four playoff wins since then. You know, so you don't really have much to stand on. But that five, but I'm I'm going with uh I'm going with Dallas, man. I'm 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 giving Dak the benefit of doubt that that game they played against the preseason team of the Washington Commanders last week and they just laid an absolute dud I, I i don't expect to see that same offense from the dallas cowboys i expect to see cd lamb be more involved more dynamic mike gallup i expect to see um pollard and zeke eat you know i expect to see that ground game you know to dictate the flow of that game i i if dallas comes out and if Dallas actually loses this game, I don't know what we what we can say that Dallas needs to get to that next level. Because if you want to talk about on paper, Dallas has it on paper. Offensive weapons and defensive weapons. And they also have one of the most dynamic special team returners. So in terms, so if if you if you tell me that they go out in the first round, then to a, to a team that on paper is not matched up as they are. Granted, they do have Brady. I just I just don't know what the argument is for Dallas is any longer. Then I have to join Stephen A. Smith and just bring out the violin for all Dallas fans. Could hey, be. I got something for you. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Push. It just comes down to chemistry. That's all I just wanted to throw in there. They chemistry. Okay. Right That's all. Well, you said you said what they need if they don't have anything else. You know, they've got everything. I don't know, man. They may need Jesus, man. He can play multiple positions at the same time. Well, they, but, they said uh, also already <laughs> have them. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> then you got uh then you got uh you said uh CJ Goodwin's family, right? Yeah. Yeah, he said, uh look, he said, look, man, for you rooting for them, man, he's gonna get you an extra side of man and them uh that turkey dressing on, on Thanksgiving, man. He'll get you an extra side of that. And uh, just another fact about this game, I was talking to, to uh, Trey Wingo 
earlier in the week about about this game. What's the last time the Dallas Cowboys have won a road game in the playoffs? The last time. Um, was it the was it the Minnesota game? No, was it Green Bay? No, they lost to Green Bay mm-hmm. with that Daz Bryant catch. They ruled a fumble. Yeah, the catch no catch play. Yeah, they that, but keep keep going back. So so we talking a long time then. 1992 was the last win they had on the road in the playoffs. I said that when they was buying Super Bowls, I just said that. <laughs> when they when they paid Nello O'Donnell off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, the last time they won a, a road game in the playoffs was 1992. 1992? Yes, 1992. Wow. That was that was 31 years ago. Ninety-two. Ninety-two. Come on, Dallas. Come on, Dallas. Like, come on, like, come on, come on, Dallas fans. If y'all if y'all don't win this week, I'm I'm sorry. Pittsburgh ain't in it, and I'm glad we ain't in it. Bro, you know it's Brady, man, in the playoffs. What's wrong with you, man? I'm just tired of Brady. (laughs) Man. You know what Dallas more, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Dallas should bring Giselle as a guest and put her on the sideline. <laughs> that might make him play work, play better. That uh, might make him play better. Distractions, baby. That's a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've reached the end of the show, but of course we do have Touring the AFC South is available on Google Podcast, available on Spotify, available on Apple Podcast, available on iHeartRadio. And if you like what you're listening to and don't want to miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Takes a quick second, not very long at all. So that way you get all the knowledge, all the guests, all the information directly to you. Don't even have to search. You can just go ahead and subscribe. And if you like what you listen to, of course, if you're listening on Spotify, there is a rating system there. Go ahead and rate the show. I'd greatly appreciate five stars from you. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate the show. Again, five stars is appreciated. And if you would review, I'd greatly, greatly appreciate that as well. The reviews for this podcast help it rise up the rankings and get it in the eyes in the, in the stream of more people so they can tune in and get all this great knowledge as well. Greatly appreciate it. Now back to the show. We have our uh, game at the end of the show. Five questions, two answers, one choice. Are you ready? Ready. That's All right, we're going to do a little bit of uh, HBCU flavor. We got Morgan State or Bowie State? <laughs> Bowie. With... Bowie. Bowie. All right, I'm telling Morgan. But uh, say, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Pittsburgh on this one. Big Ben or Cordell Stewart, which one did you like more as a player? <laughs> I got to go with I gotta go with Ben because he got us the Super Bowls, man. Listen. 
He knows my <laughs> disdain for Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not a Ben fan, but it's Ben. <laughs> with the Super Bowl. All right. Got to go with the Super Bowl. <laughs> Greg Lloyd or Kevin Green? Well, oh, Greg Lloyd. Greg Lloyd. All right. Okay. Think- now I'm going to – what's that? I'm taking Greg. Okay. All right. Then we're going to go uh, safety position. We're going to go with a little bit of uh, D.C. and Baltimore on this one. Ed Reed or Sean Taylor? Sean Taylor. I, I think that's an unfair. I think anytime we compare Sean Taylor, it's unfair, right? Because we saw what he was becoming, but we ain't really get to see the finish. And he was on his way to greatness. You know, rest in peace to Sean Taylor. But I think it's been, I think it's a disservice to, to not say Ed Reed, being as though we saw how he changed the game. But yo, Sean Reed, what? Pro Bowl? You think we practicing? Oh, I'm hitting punters Man. and all. I'm yeah, taking, yeah. I'm what's taking, that? I said I'm taking Ed though, man. Playmaker. <clears throat> yeah, and he's he's definitely going to be hopefully making plays for for Bethune Cookman this this year as a coach. Shout out to Bethune Cookman, Ed Reed. We look forward to interviewing you, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, and uh, another one I got for you. Let's see, how many have I gone through? One, two, three, four. See, that's four. Okay, this is number five right here. Steve McNair. Or Doug Williams. Oh man, <laughs> Doug. You, you know what? Only because I didn't see him play that much, I'm gonna have to go with McNair because that's who I saw. I saw his greatness. That's that's tough. You talking about two great HBCU quarterbacks, right? You talking about Alcorn State and Grambling. You know, you talking about you talking about when the Mecca was the Mecca. But yep. I just think Doug, man, you know, Doug stepped into Doug stepped into a position that we still at that time weren't supposed to be playing. You know, so Doug wasn't Doug didn't get the same hand that Steve got. Steve received his hand off the back of Doug paving that way, man, and showing that we can have success in the NFL. So when I give it to Doug because I look at him as part of that trailblazing squad that paved the way for uh, African-American quarterbacks to even be able to to play the position but show that we can succeed and uh, prevail at that position. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that wraps up five questions, two answers, and one choice. And that wraps up this show. I want to thank both of you for coming on. And I want to give you the floor, basically talk about, you know, where they can find you on social media, what all shows you're working on, what else, anything you're working on, the floor is both of yours. As we stated earlier, man, Pits and Push Sports Talk Radio. You know, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, seven other different po- podcast platforms. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, we currently, right now, uh, we're, we we monitor, we watch, we follow Bowie State University to a T. Uh, we have a great relationship with the university and the coaches. Um, we cover Morgan State. Coach Damon Wilson, who was the head coach at Bowie State, who is now the head coach at Morgan State, and Coach Sewell and all the other Bowie State coaches that went there with them. We've got relationship, with, as you stated earlier, with Coach Hugh Jackson and Grambling Tigers. We are going to be doing more with Hugh. Uh, we're going to be doing interviews with uh, Julian Chavez. Is it Chavez, the quarterback for Grambling? 
you know, Robert Morris University and Coach Bernard Clark, shout out to Coach Bernard Clark Jr., who I actually mean, just went into the Hall of Fame for uh, University of Miami. Uh, congratulations on that. We have a great relationship with him. And not to mention, lastly, the thing that we spoke of earlier, our relationship within the CIAA to now becoming partners with them. Um, you know, we have an event coming up this Tuesday that is very, it's, it's one of those surreal moments that, you know, we've, we've come so far, but yet we still see so much more that we have to go. And it's, it's, a, it's a joyful ride to be on, man. Absolutely. Good turn, Push. I mean, I, I he, he pretty much summed it up, bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. We just we just look forward to doing greater things, man. Coming coming this year, man. Um, like I said, we we're in the stages of we get, getting ready to plan. You know, the the next the next backpack giveaway. It'll be in Pittsburgh uh, this coming year. Um, we're working on more podcasts. We're working on you know getting the studio built and moving into a studio. Um, yeah, man, a lot of goals we conquer it, man, but we got a lot of more to obtain and 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 get done. And I think I think, and I'm sorry, push one sorry. thing said earlier, um, that I I wanted to make sure that we give more detail on. Push brought up the talk. Um, a lot of people don't know what the talk is, right? So the talk is a platform panel discussion that we've created and put together that we co-host with um, CEO Wall. Candy Waller. Um, I believe she was on your show as well. We co-host that panel uh, discussion together. And that discussion is geared towards HBCUs, right? And we talk about when you look at the Deion Sanders uh situation. That is why we that's why we discovered that's why we created the panel, the talk, because we feel that HBCUs are not. A lot of people don't really know who they are and what they stand for. They, we, we look like the little brother who want to go to the park but can't go because the big brother don't want to take them, right? So you talk about the legacy and the culture of HBCUs. You, you got to give more defining moments of what that looks like and who are we and, and how does that look and what does it entail? Then you talk about um, the recruiting. How can how can we attain four or five star recruits to HBCUs and not only recruit them, but bring them and keep them. And then we talk about the uh, exposure, media exposure to be exact. You know, can we get more games on ESPN2, not ESPNU? Can we get more NBC, ABC games, not just for the HBCU classic game that goes down every year between Southern and Grambling? You know, more notoriety. You know, I, I believe that you know, what Dion did at Jackson State is exactly what HBCUs should already have. And now with Dion gone, we just hope that that doesn't go away. Got you. Got you. Now, I will say that uh, Notre Dame does play TSU this year, Tennessee State University. So that will actually be on NBC this year. So that will be another game there. Um, who who, said, I'm who did you say? Tennessee State University. They play Notre Dame this year. Oh really? In Notre Dame, yeah. In in, uh, in Notre Dame. At Notre Dame, yes. Eddie George. That happens. Yep, Eddie George, uh, the Tennessee State University Tigers. Yes, sir. So they'll be up there wow. playing in Notre Dame this year. They actually had a press conference and uh, you know everything like that. Shook hands on the deal and how was it and talked about Marcus Freeman talked about it and the AD talked about how it was important in terms of HBCUs and things like that too. So they had a whole press conference, everything. So 
it was a uh, definitely a, an interesting uh, kind of you know a meeting of the minds. I would say you know both coaches, what do they have in mind for both those teams? They both played at Ohio State. There you right. Go. So um, want to go ahead and uh, thank everyone again for uh, listening to the show, and you've been tuned in to touring the AFC South with your host Mike Patton. We're out.